sanctuary. But guess what? It'd still be good to be together without that. Amen. I mean, you know the Church of Christ comes from tent revival movements without air conditioning, right? This is a little history there for you. Okay, anyways. But good morning. We are, we are in our summer series, Treasuring God. Treasuring God. What better could we do with our summertime than treasure God together as a community? Not only are we treasuring God together as a community here in Wichita, but we are linked up with churches throughout the country also focused on treasuring God. If you have those booklets, you'll see there are QR codes, links to get connected with Christians and other churches doing the same thing, getting to share experiences with them and learn about their experiences as well. So if you haven't checked that out, please do. Okay, amen? The words of Jesus ring true. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. They ring true in every aspect of human life. Where we choose to invest our lives reflects what we truly desire. Summertime is a demonstration of this, right? As it displays exactly where we Christians go to escape and to refresh. For many of us, we mirror the world's method of vacationing and self-care, seeking comfort and indulgence over reflection, devotion, and meditation. This series, Treasuring God, is here to help us focus on what truly matters during vacation season, our intimacy and connection with the Creator. Can I get an amen for that? As a brief reminder, this is a two-month-long series. This is going to take us through Labor Day weekend. And it's, we're going through the various aspects of treasuring our relationship with God. Each week is guided by a different psalm, which the psalms are a traditional guide to worship that our spiritual ancestors all relied upon. So in, in addition to that, we also will have different people share each week. And they're going to share their unique perspective on the psalm and on treasuring God. So what an opportunity we have to allow the plethora of voices and perspectives in our, in our community to be shared and celebrated. Amen? Amen. Today's topic is treasuring the church from Psalm 84. So if you'd like to in your Bible, you can open up there. That's where we will be for most of the time today. At first glance, I'm not going to read the psalm yet. Bill will be coming up shortly and he will read that. But at first glance, when we read or listen to this psalm, you might be confused what the psalm has to do with treasuring the church. So before we dive into that, and before Bill comes up, I would like to remind us of some context of a few passages. Amen? Amen. Psalm 84 is going to be talking a lot about God's temple and treasuring God's temple. In Ephesians 2, starting in verse 19, Paul says, So then... You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a cornerstone. In him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirits. 
elsewhere in 1 Peter chapter 2. It says, you, you, you yourselves as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And yet elsewhere in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will dwell and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, as we hear Psalm 84 today, let us be reminded that we are the temple of the Lord. God's presence dwells among us, and we together bear his name. So, Bill Wisby is going to come up and share for us this morning. When it comes to treasuring the church, really the Wisby family uh, are obvious representatives. As someone who came to church as a visitor, who wanted to be as least involved as possible, and he, he shares that, <laughs> not true, Bill's heart has radically changed as he embraced the life of kingdom come. Now Bill's everywhere. But it's far more than attendance. Rather, he seriously contemplates how to serve his fellow brothers and sisters in meaningful ways. And few see how much he and his family sacrifice for the good of others within our community. So let's open our hearts, our minds, and our Bibles, and let's welcome Bill up to share. So first off, let me just not look at this. I, I want to start just by saying what a great week it's been. <clears throat> In preparation of all this, uh, last week, Josh Stoner's message on treasuring, uh, treasuring creation, which that guy has so much knowledge I can't even barely keep up with. But uh, So if you were watching, Josh, thank you for that. Um, Taco Tuesday, which is always a, a bi-weekly event for me and some of the other brothers, so thank you for Blackstone Grills and, and good friends. Um, every day I wake up, I look over next to me, and there's a beautiful lady sitting there, laying there, usually still asleep. Uh, <laughs> this morning, this weekend, I uh, this last few weekends, I have been able to reestablish a relationship with my son. That one is... Uh, very special. Um, so, wow, all right. Um, and even this morning, uh, just little things. You know, I woke up, um, read through this message a couple times just to make sure I got things down pat and started some cinnamon rolls and washed it down with a nice glass of milk. Are you ready for this? Did you know that milk is the fastest liquid in the world? It's pasteurized before you can see it. Was it worth the wait? Was it worth it? <laughs> All right. So let me say good morning, church. Good morning, church. Take a minute to marinate on that word. Just a quick moment to really think about the word church. Something we should all treasure, but may hold a different meaning depending on how we look at it. <clears throat> so... 
Complete disclosure, what I'm getting ready to say may sound harsh, but I assure you it is meant to say more about me than it is about you. And I won't name any specific examples, but aside from just a couple of you, Jacob, I told you, this has never happened between you and I, but some of the others here and any visitors, um, and this means live streamers as well. When I look out at you, I can say with full confidence, at one point, you have all annoyed me. Just in some way, shape, or form. Now, before you rush the stage to introduce your fist to my face, let me also state that even more importantly, each and every one of you, live streamers, members, visitors, young and not as young, have brought me a great deal of joy. Don't feel called out. It's okay. <laughs> You've all brought me a great deal of joy. Because it's inspiring. Simply by being right here or watching and over the stream or even listening to this online at a later time, you're showing your dedication to God and your family. You each carry gifts that have the ability to impact the world. When you share your gifts that God has blessed you with, your inspiration starts here, then it spreads down the block, then across the city, compounding through the state, Gaining momentum, it moves through the heartland, then the nation, and then like a stone thrown into calm waters, your inspiration has rippled across the world. To quote a neighbor of mine who stood at this very podium last week, that's pretty awesome. It's for you, Josh. All right. So what do we say? I get out of my own way here. We'll jump into the word. The Bible is always spoken more eloquently than I can anyway. So, uh, as Ethan mentioned, I will be reading out of Psalm 84, uh, verses 1 through 4. And this uh, first passage that I'm going to read is out of the Holman. So, it says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of hosts! I long and yearn for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Even a sparrow finds a home and a swallow, a nest for herself where she places her young near your altars, Lord of hosts, my God and my king. Or flip that and reverse it. How happy are those who reside in your house who praise you continually? As a person who lives for music but has no discernible talent for singing or keeping any sort of rhythm, ask my wife, she's seen me dance, I will not sing this, but this, this verse here, this, these verses... They remind me of the song uh, from Louis Armstrong, What a Wonderful World. I realize the obvious reference should be the last song we just sang, right? Better off, better is one day. <laughs> but to me, What a Wonderful World immediately popped in my head when reading this particular version of the passage. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed days and the dark sacred nights, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. As previously mentioned, that passage was read from the Holman Christian Bible, and the way it was written made me think about the world around me, the places I can go and clearly see God's beautiful work. The passage is referencing, actually, us as a church, but to me, that didn't clearly stand out. However, I am a bit slow, and I need things broken down for me a little bit more. This is usually why I am teaching in a Kingdom Kids classroom. <laughs> Their lessons are right at my level, and even most of those kids are smarter than I am, which is a good thing. So, excuse me. So I decided 
um, that I should probably check out uh, a few other passages and a few other versions of the Bible. So I started with the NIV, then the ESV, and then I went to the NLT. None of those really helped me much either. So I checked out the, bear with me, the Passion Translation. Let me, before I read this, do a little caveat, because if telling you that you annoyed me wasn't already a turnoff, for some, me just saying that I read the Passion Translation may really have them tuning out at this point. But the Passion Translation draws criticism from some because it was translated by a singular individual man, and he has made some controversial claims about his relationship with God. However... With this specific passage, I found it enlightening, and it spoke to me a little bit more clearly than the other translations that I read. So don't take me reading this necessarily as a glowing recommendation for that version, but I do always encourage you, read multiple verses from different translations, multiple formats, to find something that speaks more clearly to your heart. So, the Passion Version of the same verse from Psalms 84, 1 through 4 says, God of heaven's armies, you find so much beauty in your people. They are like lovely sanctuaries in your presence. That's us. We are sanctuaries. Deep within me are these lovesick longings, desires, and daydreams of living in union with you. That, just that sentence right there is so beautiful. When I'm near you, my heart and my soul will sing and worship with the joyful songs of you, my true source of life. O Lord of heaven's armies, my king and my God, even the sparrows and swallows are welcome to build the nest among your altars to raise their young. What pleasure fills those who live every day in your temple, enjoying you as they worship in your presence. That translation to me screams church. The church, not as a place in the world, but rather the world itself, and more importantly, the people in it. The people are lovely sanctuaries of God's presence. Matthew 18, 20 says, For where two or more, or two or three are gathered uh, together in my name, I am there among them. And thems be the red words. Straight, <laughs> straight for, thank you. <laughs> Straight from the lips of the Savior himself. Guess what also happens when we come together in two or more? Every so often, we get into disagreements. I've already stated that I've been annoyed with you. And you, more than likely, at some point have been annoyed with me. Maybe in the last five minutes. It's a byproduct of gathering. I mean, does that mean that we should stop gathering? Absolutely not. No. Furthermore... We're being real and vulnerable, and maybe this is just me. Has there ever been a time where you haven't been annoyed with God? I mean, yet here we are. We gather. We gather because we share in those lovesick longings, desires, and daydreams to be in union with God. No annoyance or disagreement should ever be so strong that it stands in the way of us being sanctuaries. Love is complicated, though. It can't really be described. At least it can't be described as the same for everybody. It can be felt, though. 
Much the, said, much the same can be said about family. I love seeing workplaces that employees or top-level executives say, come work for us. Join the XYZ family. Sounds nice until you realize that their family doesn't measure up to the one you grew up with. Or could be altogether unappealing considering that some people grew up with the unfortunate circumstance of being abused by their family. Love and family can come with hurt feelings sometimes. It's not the same experience for everyone, and it can be even more complicated because we experience love on multiple levels. Jacob, do you love your mom the same way you love your mailman? Exactly. But there are three things that I believe to be true. Number one, numero uno, God's love is the same for everybody. You, me, mom, dad, the mailman. Number two, we can't feel love or family in solitude. Remember, two or three or more need to gather. And number three, however we view love, love is a stronger feeling than any negative emotion that we are capable of feeling. We are born knowing love. All other emotions are learned after the fact. I make it my personal goal to spend as much time with other people as possible. And if you're not doing the same, I highly encourage you to try it. Uh, we live physically where we live uh, on Richmond Street on purpose. <laughs> if you haven't been there, there are two duplexes right next door to one another. And all four of those residences are occupied by, the same, by some people who sit here with us on a weekly basis right underneath the ceiling. Side note. If you haven't been before, please come talk to me after service, and we will make sure that the grills are fired up uh, and, you know, uh, to make sure that you feel nice, warm, and welcome. Uh, also, to ensure that I am not leaving anybody out, there is another young married couple who lives on Richmond Street as well. They're wonderful, so come get to know us. It brings so much peace and happiness to us because we purposefully surround ourselves with church. We gather, and God is there. They challenge me, which annoys me. But I end up better because of it. Ooh. Now, I am a big fan of Sean Aker. You're probably like, who's that? For those who have never heard of Sean Aker, sorry. Um... He is a researcher and an author on advocacy of positive psychology. In his book, The Happiness Advantage, he says, whenever we encounter an unexpected challenge of threat, the only way to save ourselves is to hold on tight to the people around us and not let go. My original thought when reading this was, what about clinging to God, Sean? Then it hit me. Where two or more gather, there he is. Whatever unexpected challenge hits you, I encourage you to view this ch challenge as a gift of opportunity, an opportunity to seek advice from the people that love you and grow with you, an opportunity to feel victory when overcoming whatever it was that tried to take you down in the first place. 
I want to remind you of a gift that the church gave us a while back, and that gift was presented to us in the form of an acronym called Flakes. Anybody remember Flakes? Flakes. I got some, a lot of blank stares. Good, but I'm sure some of you actually remember these. So, crowd participation. Does anybody remember what F stands for? All right. Forgive and be forgiven. L, by chance? Huh? Love. Love and be loved. If that was a guess, it was the best guess. So, how about the A? Accept. Who's saying all these over here? Of course, yeah. Accept and be accepted. The K? No. No and be known. Sorry, I wasn't saying no, like, no, you're wrong. No, no and be known. I will be, I'm being kind, sorry. Uh, how about the E? Encourage. Encourage and be encouraged. Finally, how about the S? Anybody know the S? So close. Serve. Serve and be served. Can you go to that final slide for me? So, Flakes, we need to do this together as a church. Praise God, but also praise each other and don't deny the light when you're being praised. If anything, be accepting of that light and bend it and refract it. This image up here on the screen is more than just an amazing album from 1973. Sorry, youngins, this is from Pink Floyd. Okay, I was like, you've probably worn it on a t-shirt but may not know any of the songs. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Anyways, back to the point. Be a prism. I'm encouraging you, be a prism so that when light is shown on you, you take it, create something bigger and more beautiful and pass it along. A rainbow can't be made if it were unaccepting of the light to begin with. When Ethan approached me about covering this topic of treasuring the church, he told me that he would like me to do so because I live out the example of living with the church. Either that or he just knows that I have a hard time saying no to any of his requests. <laughs> so, my initial reaction was to stay humble, you know, be cool, kind of not deny it, but to just kind of simply brush it off. Please don't take this as arrogance, but I feel he's absolutely right. I intentionally live this way. I surround myself with people who I think will make me better. Admittedly, at first, I did this very selfishly, simply trying to take and then advance. It worked for just a little bit, though. It, acting that way had no sustainability. The heart was the key. Changing my mindset and my heart from what can I get to what can I give. That's unlocked potential in me that I didn't know I had. But you all and God are the ones who deserve the recognition for that. To quote Sean Aker again, and this is the last one. To truly thrive physically, emotionally, and spiritually... We need to change our pursuit of potential in the same way that we need to change our pursuit of happiness. 
We need to stop being trying. We need to stop trying to be faster alone, and we need to start working to be stronger together. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself here, but I don't know if you have those issues. I know this is stuff that I've had to work through. As I wrap up this time with you, prodigious people, and it means like amazing. So I just I threw in a new word just for today. <laughs> I would like to leave you with one thought. When you go out and you inevitably shine your light to the world and people see the imitation of God right before their eyes, if they ask you, where do you go to church? Rather than saying, Wichita Church of Christ, consider saying something along the lines of, wherever I meet with people like you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Bill, for sharing. Church is wherever we go. It's wherever we are, right? You know, how we treasure the church, the dwelling place of the Almighty, has everything to do with treasuring God. As Bill was saying, you might have been hearing Jesus' yoke there, loving God and loving your neighbor. Treasuring one another in here has everything to do with treasuring God, and treasuring God has everything to do with loving our neighbor. Amen? Who we treasure is the one on whom the church is built. When our focus is removed from God's holiness, we begin to focus on human shortcomings, we start to lose sight of what the church is. I don't know about you, but at times I've definitely been there. When Christ is supposed to be head of the church, I turn people into the head of the church. And it's hard, isn't it? If you've been there, you feel that. You feel that. So thank you, Bill, for the reminder. Thank you, Bill, for the, the inspiring words. And thank you more so for the life you and your family lead. You're showing us the way, and we're grateful. Psalm 84, later in that psalm in verse 10, it says it best. Better a day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of God than live in the tents of wicked people. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. God is. God is. The Lord grants favor and honor. God does that. He does not withhold good from those who live with integrity. Happy is the one who trusts in you, Lord of armies. I share that to say, and I believe scripture shares that to say, that sometimes we get in a place when we think about treasuring the church, we get stuck on our annoyances. We get stuck there. We look at people, that's what we see, that's what we feel. But the psalm is guiding our hearts, amen? This psalm is showing us how to treasure the church, how to treasure the dwelling place of God. It's by trusting in him and knowing that he is the Holy One. He is who makes us holy. He grants favor. He is our shield. Amen? Amen. So thank you again, Bill, for your insights, for your heart, and helping us gain that renewed vision of what it means to treasure the church. We're going we're gonna to take communion together here shortly, but I think this is an important point that scripture makes that we must adhere to in this time. You know, the early church struggled, like really struggled with one another. 
in ways that we may never really get. But it's within that movement and that divisive group of people that God was fulfilling his promise to gather the nations. It was the great undoing of Babel. But the Jews and Gentiles struggled to honor one another. And they focused more upon their differences and on the status quo of society than how, Je- than how Jesus unified them as a new kind of humanity to bring peace to the world. We too need this reminder as we talk about treasuring the church today in our world. Amen? So as we take communion, I'm going to read a passage and let's dwell on Psalm 84 and let's dwell on this passage as well from Ephesians 2. I alluded to it earlier. But close your eyes with me and listen to these words. Think about what think about what Bill is sharing. Think about what Psalm 84 is sharing. Think about who Jesus is. Amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 11. So... Then remember that at one time you were, gen- you were Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcised, but those called the circumcised, which is done in the flesh by human hands. At that time you were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh, he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations, so that he might create in himself one new man from the two, resulting in peace. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who are far away and peace to you to, to those who are near. For through him we both have access to one spirit in the Father. So then You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit. Let's pray. God, we are so enamored by your plan, your divine conspiracy to work within us to bring about things of you. This is crazy, God. Your peace, your shalom is relentless. Your love is unbounding. It doesn't make sense. How do we human beings 
Get past our indifferences. Get past our annoyances. Get past our hurts. Get past our divisions. It's through you. It's through love. It's through Jesus. It's through sacrifice. It's through, through treasuring what you have, have shown us, Father. God, help us as we think of the way. The way. Jesus, the way. The way to this new kind of life. The way to bring in peace to people's hearts, to people's souls. And Father, help us as we treasure your church, as we treasure the place in which you have chosen to dwell within us here. God, you are among us here. Let us not forget that. Take our eyes off of the sin, of the sin management, of the, of the, of the things, of the world, the status quo, whatever, whatever thing that is for us, God. Help us to focus our eyes on you and you among us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.